increase. And if you're going through a trial and a tribulation with your finances right now, know that it's a test. It's just a test. It's only a test of the emergency broadcast system. Amen? Uh, it's a lie. It's a lie. And it's a, it's, you know, we don't like those tests, but the tests reveal what we believe. The tests expose fear. I don't like fear. Well, that's because you haven't mastered it yet. And the sooner you master that fear, the sooner it will disappear. Fear is an illusion. Lack is an illusion. Amen? This is the truth. I'm telling you, it's the truth. They're just numbers on a page. And they are not meant to govern you. Numbers on a page are not meant to, dis- to uh, intimidate you. Numbers on a page are not supposed to invoke fear in a son of God. Amen? You're, you're designed to be able to stand before a giant. That's what's inside of you. You're designed to be able to slay an army with an axe, with an ass bone. I mean, that's, what you're, that's the material you're made of. You're, you're made of the material that goes out to that pond and walks right across it. Right? That's the material that you're made of. You're made of, you're supposed to speak to that stuff. You're supposed to look at that and ha, 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 laugh. Just like David did. And be like, who are you to define the armies of the living God? Amen? You're supposed to know the will of God like Esther. And stand. You're supposed to stand for the will of God. No matter what it looks like. No matter what it feels like. You're supposed to be in agreement. You're supposed to take cities. You're supposed to take nations. You're supposed to transform all kinds of systems and, and, and institutions. And, and you're supposed to be the light in the darkness. Amen? So these tests... Are, 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 are good for you. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no, she didn't. Yeah. A test is a testimony. Every story in the Bible, see, we know the ending, so we sometimes don't read it the way they experienced it. Like, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, you know, we, we think of it as a, a little kid felt board story. Rather than, you know, literally somebody being forced into a cave with an actual lion. Right? You were made for the lion's den. You were made. Right? You were made to be an overcomer. So listen, be that David. Be that Jeremiah. Be that, be, be who you are. Amen? Be that. And if that fear comes on you, which it will. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, the spirit of fear, he's not, he's an equal opportunity employer, right? But when he comes knocking at your door, don't be like the three little wolves, right? Go right out there and say, who do you think you are to defy the army of the living God? I shall decree a thing. It shall be established. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. The name of Jesus is the name above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses. Jesus is Lord. Who are you again? Amen? Right, this is training for sonship. That's what you're in, training for sonship. That's what you're in. You're in training for sonship. You're in training, right? You're in training for raining. You're in training for water walking. You're, on tra- you're in training for dead raising. You are in training for 
all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders. You are in training for great wealth. You are in training for, for all kinds of transformation. You are in training. If you think this is bad, just wait till what you face in the future. They're bigger giants, louder giants. So don't get intimidated before you even get in. Don't let some measly little circumstances deceive you into coming into agreement with a different version of yourself than who you really are. Right? Don't let anything speak louder to you than the Word of God. Don't let any voice intimidate you. Don't let even your own, don't let your own opinion be exalted above the Word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. I mean, if circumstances can cause you to quit, I would have quit a long time ago. Eventually you get to the place where you just sleep in the storm. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you actually take a nap. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you enjoy the beauty of nature. Maybe you call a friend and pray for them. Maybe you go to a movie. Maybe you, yeah, I mean, Jesus, you know, he tells us to just look away from all that would distract he literally says, be irresponsible. Look away from the distractions. Ignore them. Just ignore it. Don't empower it. Amen? I tell the devil all the time, look, I'm too busy for that. I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Amen? Ain't nobody got time for that. I got no time for unpaid bills. I don't got any time for, you know, strife and gossip and unforgiveness and ain't nobody got time for that. Amen. You're going somewhere. Awesome. So let's receive that offering. Do your best and let's trust God for increase. Amen. Let's trust God to give radical big fat checks. Amen. Let's just trust God for it. I'm believing God for some big things this year. I'm, you know what? I'm not believing God. That's, that is not even the right way to say that. I am so convinced that this is the year that these things are coming. I'm not even having to try to believe. I've already received it. I know it's done. It's already a completed fact. I was trying last year. This year, I'm just convinced. Amen? I'm like Nehemiah. I don't have time to come down for that. I'm building something. I'm on something. Amen? You've got to get to that place of what can man do to me. Get to that place of I know who I am. I know why I'm here. And everything else is immaterial. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. Everything else is immaterial. Amen? And if you don't know the answers to those two questions, you need to get the answers to those two questions. Because everything in life hinges on you knowing those two questions. Because the devil can't take you out when you're in that place. Look at Paul's life. I'm not saying he won't try. But he's not able. Everything that we go through is a test of do you know who you are? 
every single trial, every, I don't care what it looks like, how it, how it comes. I don't care what it, what the circumstances are. It's all a test. Are you a son? Are you a slave? Do you know who you are? And if you don't know who you are, you'll go right, you'll, you'll be like on the, like on a raft on the roaring rapids, just being carried wherever that circumstance or that situation wants to take you. But when you are a son, you transform that thing. You decide. Because all things are possible. Matter of fact, when you are a son, you recognize that tribulation, trials, and tests are the very things that promote you. They're the very thing that bring glory to God. They're the very thing that looks impossible that proves that God is the God of the impossible. Amen. And so sometimes we want to get into possible situations. We want a cushy life. That is not what we have been called to live. Because if you live a comfortable life, if you live a comfortable life, what is the point? What is the point? What is the point of that? I'm not, I mean, because here's the, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, no matter how much money you have, no matter how well-known and well-thought-of you are, no matter what this, what circumstance, what, how good you think they can get, like the best scenario they get, I'm doing what I'm called to do, I'm I'm this, well, there's still more potential in you. That level is not the end. That level is still an unfulfillment of what is actually inside of you. So what, are you going to sit back and be merry and just sit on your laurels and do nothing else? You're just going to be comfortable? Well, you should be believing for bigger things. You should still be believing for things that you can't afford. You should still be pursuing dreams that are impossible for you and your limited resources, no matter how big they might be, to do. I mean, really. So just get over the idea that comfortable is where we're headed. Comfortable in the uncomfortable is where you're headed. Comfortable in the uncomfortable is where you're headed. Where you are, in fact, totally the same, unchangeable person, no matter what is going on around you. That is where you're headed. Amen? That's where we're headed. So that is what you are, that's, we, are not, we are not being trained. You say, well, that, what's the blessed life? The blessed life is recognizing you win every time. <laughs> that's the blessed life. The blessed life is that you always come out on top. It doesn't mean you never are on bottom. It means that you don't stay on bottom. It means that you can't, you can't be held down, held back. Not that you don't fall down, it's that you don't ever stay down. That you're undefeated. Not that you don't have a battle, it's that you win them all. Amen? So we need to change our perspective, and we need to be, because that idea that David ran up to Goliath, he ran up there. He ran up. The whole army was sitting there intimidated, afraid. 
afraid, afraid. Here they were, God's own chosen people, afraid of a giant. I mean, one guy. I mean, I get he was big. I get the spirit of intimidation is loud. I get that. Little David. But there was a battle between where he was and where he was going. Many battles, many battles between where David was and his, him sitting on that throne. But when you recognize that all the battles are really one battle, they're one battle. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Some of us have calls on our lives to go do crazy, amazing things. So let's practice now. Let's practice crazy, amazing now. Right? Let's just go ahead and practice crazy, amazing now. Let's just see how big God actually is. Let's get out of our, our, our normal mindset and think, if I was God in this situation, what would I do? Just to ask yourself that simple question. If I was God in this situation, what would I do? Ask this other question. What would bring, if you were God, what would bring me the most glory in this situation? What would manifest who I am the most? What would that be in this situation? And then you just declare that. It's hard to be depressed when you have that perspective. What would God do? If, 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 okay, because we always think, okay, what would the enemy do? Well, if the, you know, he'd do what he, he usually, you can see what he's doing because you can see it. But just remember, trials and tests are the raw materials that God uses to build something powerful. All right, I'm going to receive an offering. And so, Father, I pray right now for the finances of every person within the sound of my voice. And I decree and I declare, God, that they are wealth reservoirs, that they are channels for wealth, that they feed many, that they provide for many. And I thank you, God, that no matter what the status of their finances are right here today, I don't care what the balance in their bank account says, I thank you, God, that it's a lie. I thank you that it does not define them. It is not the provider of their security. And I thank you, God, that they see zeros. I'm talking zeros beside those numbers. And they're comfortable with those numbers. Matter of fact, they're so comfortable with those big numbers that those other numbers make them uncomfortable. Not afraid, just knowing that this is not who they are. And I thank you that as a man thinks in their heart, so are they. So God, I thank you that the scene room is aligning with their abundant mindsets. I thank you that you are opening the doors of opportunity for great wealth. You're opening the doors of opportunity, Father, for all kinds 
of streams of income, God. And I thank you that you're not just giving them opportunities, God, but I thank you that you're giving them blueprints and plans and specific instruction. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, we're receiving that offering. I I wanted to, um, who are the, so Shelly, I know you work at the drug rehab place. And then Amy does. And Stephanie does, right? So the three of you all work there. Who else works there? A couple of other people. Huh? A couple of people. All right. So I just am aware of a situation this week where there's, we have a drug, a new drug rehab facility in town. And these three believers from Prayer Mountain all work there. And I was kind of sitting there today. I wasn't expecting this, but God just began to speak to me about that. First of all, it's not a coincidence that three believers from Prayer Mountain work at this new drug rehab facility. All right. And I just felt like that we as a congregation need to go ahead and receive that assignment. Because let's be clear, it was always an assignment. You may think of it as a job. It was never a job. Matter of fact, part of this is about you getting out of the job mentality. Matter of fact, some of you, he's been working on that mentality for several years now. (sighs) Wow. Your money is not tied to a job. However, when you own an assignment, money will always follow it. Because money is tied to an assignment in the kingdom. Provision is tied to a vision in the kingdom. And there's a vision for this place. And unbelievers can't carry it. Although unbelievers have a role in it. So the three of you have been placed there under cover in the same way that Esther was born for such a time as this and placed in the kingdom undercover. And she had to have the wisdom to understand how to navigate through an ungodly kingdom, an ungodly system to bring the will of the Lord to pass. And she took great um, strategy on her part. She had a a prayer life where, where she got into a great... Here's what she said. If I die... I die. God is looking for people that are willing to lay down their lives for others. Not when it's convenient and not when it's easy. And it's easy to say we're in. And it's easy to read like Heidi Baker's book you know, always enough, where she goes in and you read the, you know, entire nation getting transformed, right? And it's easy to read that and think, whoa, you know, that's so amazing. That's so awesome. Wow, I love that. That's so amazing. But then when we get or given the opportunity to be that person, all of a sudden, a bunch of other stuff comes into our minds. And so I want to pray for the three of you today, but I feel like I'm supposed to remind you today about the call of God's on your life. And it's none of this is really the problem. These circumstances are only revealers of the problem. And so the question is who are you guys going to be? Because the 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 the, the 
The future of that vision is not in the hands of who thinks it's in that ha- their hands. It's in the hands of those who own it and who take ownership of it. And let me say this, it's not my prayers and it's not the prayers of others that are going to make the difference here. This is not a prayer chain exercise. Matter of fact, whoever's doing prayer chains needs to get over that. That's a word for all of y'all. Jesus never had a prayer chain. Jesus never called the saints to pray. Now, I'm not saying the saints didn't pray, but they called themselves to pray. Most of the people that needed prayer were in a situation where they couldn't ask for prayer. Now, I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I'm coaching you because you need to hear it. It's up to you what happens from here. It's up to you what happens from here. But you're like, well, what about these circumstances? They didn't, because here's what happened. Payroll checks weren't made. But I'm telling you, that thing is supposed to be here. That home is supposed to be here. Those people that are coming are supposed to be coming. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. You've got to make a living for yourself. I don't, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you what's supposed to be here. God ordained that place. That was not man's idea. God ordained that place, and that should be bearing witness with all three of you. Now, it's okay. If you can't handle the pressure, you know what? Go somewhere else. Get a little stronger. You'll come back around that mountain again. And there's no condemnation when you have to bow out for a second. Amen? That's okay, because you've got to get whole. You've got to take care of yourself. And if you're not ready for the battle now, you will be. So I'm not, you know, if, if you say, look, I can't do this, i got to go to, well, hey, I can't, amen. But don't think that you won't be in this place again. You will be in this place again. And again, and again, and again, and again, until the test is passed. Context for what you go through is everything. I'm speaking to you. I hear people right now in their minds totally disagreeing with what I'm saying. And I'll tell you what, you're welcome to do that. But it will limit what you're able to accomplish in the kingdom. It will limit the size of a vision that you're able to carry. Because if you think God does not take you through different situations so that you can see yourself you're sadly mistaken. It's not that God causes these situations. He doesn't cause these situations. And it's also not that, you know, living a comfortable life is not the goal. I am sorry, that is not Christianity. That is not the gospel. Laying down your life is the gospel. Laying down your life, laying down your comforts is the gospel. I'm not saying that God doesn't bless us. He does bless us. But not so that it owns us. Not so that now all of a sudden having these things becomes the point. The American dream is not God's dream. Hey. So it's about, ultimately, those th- that's about idolatry. That's about being owned by something other than the agenda of God. 
And there's a false promise in that. There's a false promise in that. That somehow material wealth gives peace. It doesn't. If so, Hollywood would be the most peaceful place on the planet. Wealth doesn't have that power. Wealth only reveals what's in the heart. I will say, let me say this too. This isn't just about this thing. It's, it really is about the call of God on your life. There is a call on your life. There is a call on your life. There is a call, a great call, a high call on your life. There is a high call on your life. A great price paid for your life. You are more valuable and more powerful than your wildest imagination. And I don't know what the circumstances are that are going on. I don't know what the situations are in each of your individual lives. I don't know what season you find yourself in. But I encourage you to know. What is God doing in my life in this season? If I'm in sonship school, what orphan mindset is being renewed in this season? How am I thinking like an orphan in this set of circumstances that God is putting his finger on and revealing? Or am I so unaware of my own inner life that I'm just completely not engaged in even that way of thinking? Am I distracted? Am I asleep? Am I going through the motions? Am I just existing? Or am I awake? And am I in tune with the very thing that God is doing in this hour in my life? He's a purposeful God. He's a purposeful God. He's in the mind renewal business. He is in the transformation business. He is in the transfiguration business. He is in the revealing of himself in you business. He is in the letting what he's done in you be visible outside of you business. <laughs> you are the answer for the world's problems. You're the best he's got. You're it. You're the solution. You are the solution to, for the broken. You are the solution for the hurting. You are the answer. And what you think and how you react in circumstances and situations matters. Whether you manifest sonship or whether you manifest orphan thinking matters because it's, it will limit you, it will define you, and it will determine what is possible for you. And not only for you, but for those who are waiting on you. There are people waiting on you. There are visions waiting on you. There are jailbreaks waiting on you. <laughs> Spiritual jailbreaks. There are, there, are, there are lives and destinies at stake. There are children waiting on you. There are broken people waiting on you. There is a purpose that is bigger than you waiting on you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger, but it's, 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 it, it, there's a passion. that Maybe it's so buried you've, you've lost touch with it, but there's a passion inside of you for that purpose that's waiting on you. 
waiting, 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 waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole earth is groaning for it. The whole earth is waiting for you. The seen realm is waiting for you. The money that has a mission is waiting for you. You know, people wonder why in the world sometimes, I'm sure, did Shalise go for 40 or whatever number of these sessions with Nate? Because I realize this. I realize. I mean, I've had enough prophecies over my life to blow my mind. You know, there was a time when I got my identity from those things because I didn't have any self-esteem because God hadn't healed my heart so that I could think good about myself yet. So I got, I got the way I thought about myself from prophecy. I got my self-esteem from my destiny because it gave me value because I was important if I was called to do something that great and that big. I must be valuable. I must be significant. If God called me to do something like that, wow, I must be special because I didn't feel special already. But I went through all of that process internally digging up my heart. What's in there? What, is, what garbage is in there? What do I need to confront inside of myself? And, you know, it probably didn't start out really pure. My, my relationship with the prophecies probably didn't start out really pure. You're broken. Nothing's really pure. But, you know, as, that, as you start to walk in that and start to get whew, just totally rebuilt on the inside, you do start to realize it's not about you. And your passion starts to change. Your passion inside starts to change. The things that drive you, your motivations start to change. Not because you are making it or you're such a great person. It's just because God changed it. And you start to realize that I get up in the morning, not for me. I stay on task every day. Piss some people off that I'm so on task. But it's not for me. I realize the brokenness that I've been through is an epidemic. And my wholeness matters. My wholeness matters. My personal wholeness, yes, it's for me, and yes, it feels amazing, but it's not just for me. <laughs> I'm coming from every direction. Yes. I will haunt you. I will haunt you. I will haunt you in your dreams. Yes, I will. And I do, by the way, when you least expect it. You think you can run away from me, but I'm never that far away. I mean, to this day, Bill Winston, he just chases me, you know? But my point is, there is something bigger than you inside of you. There is something bigger than us inside of us. And you know what? Every trial every tribulation, everything that I've gone through, and I'll say everything that you go through, it's worth it. It's worth it. Because really, in the big scheme of things, what are we going through? It's only our self-absorption 
that makes it painful in the first place. That's just true. It's only our need to be delivered from us that causes the pain in the first place. And as believers, we've been equipped and there's been more has been put inside of us than that. Amen. And so that brokenness has to get healed so that the focus gets off of us. Because let me tell you, that is a form of hell. Self-absorption is hell. Self-focus is, is it's a form of hell. The enemy is in hell because he's obsessed with himself. And I will tell you, that is not peaceful, nor will it ever be. But we have to be delivered from that. It's not something we say, well, okay, all of a sudden I'm not going to be that. No, you, there's some, Jesus has to do something to you. It's called healing. You know, there is no greater joy than to live for other people. There's no greater joy, no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. To lay down your life is where the joy is. It's where the love is. To lay down your life. To lay down your life. For others. For others. Now, does it mean you're a doormat? No, it doesn't mean you're... Jesus was not a doormat. He willfully laid down his life. And he willfully took it back. It was a choice. He was not a slave. He was a son. And he didn't come to be served, but to serve. Why? Because he was completely secure. Completely whole. Wholeness was a function of who he was. And so I go back to what I was saying, which was, what mindset is being exposed in this season? Get on board with it. Get on board with it. Get on board with it. Ask, ask the Lord, what are you doing in my life? You know, at the beginning of the year, we came in and we asked the Lord, what is this year about? What is this year about? What is this year about? And remember, we, we yelled it out. We yelled it out. We yelled it out. Now, how many of you can look now at this year, a few months into it, and see, wow, this is what that year is about. The circumstances are aligning with what this year is about. How many of you can say that that's, that's the truth? Remember the word he spoke over your life. Yell them out for me. Come on, what are the words? Limitless. Intimacy. Identity. Stillness. Transformation. Perspective. Humility. Favor. Authority. Explosion. Conquering. Yeah. Rest. Now... A thinking person might want to pray into that word a little bit. Right? See, I've learned a little bit over the years. I used to be kind of take the word of God and or says prophecy or something he would speak to me and not really have a conversation with God about it. And then I'd just get, seems like I'd get blindsided by circumstances after that. And then I'd be like, oh, what was he saying again? <laughs> right? I better pay attention to that. Right? But I would encourage you to pray over that word. 
a lot of times we get those words and we're like, yeah, woo. Like, I remember, remember the word I shared with you? He said this to me about five years ago. I'm going to shine the light on you and I'm going to set you free from the opinions of men. I'm not going to allow you to be manipulated or controlled by anything or anyone. You're going to look to me for inspiration and honor. And you're going to be led by me from the inside out. And you will, you will depend upon me to judge situations, circumstances, and hearts. I mean, that's a, that's a great, woo! All hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. Because the next so many every years were all about all of the things that manipulate and control me being revealed. And you know how they were revealed? Through circumstances, through relational conflicts, through all kinds of stuff. Wow, that's controlling me. Wow, that's manipulating me. Wow, wow, wow. A million strings attached. And it was training through the life experiences. And sometimes we divorce ourselves from what God's actually doing. And we take on victim mentalities, which are the very thing that he's trying to expose. And we, we have pity parties or whatever it is that we have. And we, we think orphan is what we think. We become, we come under it and we allow it to define us. And we don't recognize that the way we think about ourselves is the very thing drawing it to us. That the mindset he's trying to expose is the very thing creating it. And we blame God. Or we blame the enemy. When the enemy only has a foot in the door in your life because of the way we think. You change your mind. You know, it's like Jesus said, hey, the devil's coming for me, but he has nothing in me. It's like, so what the enemy's trying to get in here? We have a, a, a high-tech security system. He can't get in. He could try all he wants, but there's no way in. I mean, I'm saying some pretty deep stuff. I hope you guys are grabbing it. Hope you're grabbing it. What I'm trying to say is whatever the word over your life for it was this year, there's an underlying mindset that needs to be renewed in order for that to happen. You know, I'll say this. Some of the methodologies that we are learning are going to be moving out of a session format into a coaching format. Because it's not enough that you, you know, repair what's broken. You have to build upon a wholeness, a foundation of wholeness. Meaning there's new mindsets that, that have to be developed as it relates to money, as it relates to relationships, as it relates to health, as it relates to uh, your vocation and your calling. There's new mindsets. There's greater heights. One of the things that happens 
and it's hard to explain this without actually having you go through the process. I, you have to kind of just trust me, and you have to lay down the idea that it doesn't apply to you, that somehow Shalise is just some weird, broken person. It applies to her, but it doesn't apply to me. Like somehow her mind is different than mine. Somehow her unrenewed part of her is different from my unrenewed part of me rather than realizing that brains are created as brains and thinking patterns are programmed the same way in all human beings. Matter of fact, they're programmed the same way in monkeys. <laughs> I mean, monkeys just don't have a lot of the cognitive ability that we do to do the things that we do. But you can train them <laughs> the same way you can train us. Um, I was going somewhere with this, but my point was it takes, in my opinion, at least five sessions to even develop an awareness. I believe it's about a five go through the process of exposing, because here's what happens. You start to, you start to link how current experiences that you are experiencing and your reaction to current experiences is coming from some other place than your conscious thinking. Most people do not live with an awareness of this. I'm telling you, 90-something percent of people do not live with an awareness of this. I mean, I'm going through life, going through a circumstance, and my awareness of what is happening is right here in what is happening. And I never tie the fact that my emotional response to this situation is not about this situation. Most people live in that place. Discernment is where you start to realize my emotional reactions are tied more not to what is actually going on, but they're tied to what I actually believe. And what I actually believe, most of the time, I'm not even aware of it. So I'm being driven, literally controlled, by something I'm not aware of. And let me say this, it'll control literally your opinion. It will, it will, it will control your perception. It will, do, it will control your choices. It will control your behavior. And you're not aware of what's controlling you because you've perceived the circumstances in a way that is tied to a belief that you're not aware of. Am I making sense? Okay. So it takes a level of going through, and that's what I love about Nate's methodology, is because he literally begins to expose where beliefs are stored. You literally get down into the heart of a person and say, that's where that belief was stored. That's what's driving that emotional response. That's what's causing that reaction or that belief or that perception. And when you do that enough times... It's like a new, a new groove gets put in your mind, a new neural pathway gets formed that says, let's not take things at face value anymore. Let's not walk through life asleep to our own inner workings. Let's consider the possibility that the way I am thinking right now is being driven by something that is below my awareness. Just that very process 
is a level of freedom that most people never experience. They are controlled by what they subconsciously believe without being aware that they're controlled by what they subconsciously believe. So just waking up to that place that says, wow, I'm having a really interesting thought process in my mind right now. I'm observing some emotional impulses and responses right now that feel really crappy. Wow, I am really angry at this person right now. Ah, am I really angry at this person? What about this situation has caused me to be so angry? Rather than going through my 15 things that is wrong with them. And how they, if they would just do X, Y, and Z, every, everything in my life would be positive. No, you stop and you think, what is this? And guess what? Holy Spirit engages right at that place. He engages right at that place. And he's more than happy to reveal. But most of us never even know how to engage that place. We really are puppets of our own subconscious mind. So here's another thing that happens. So first thing you do is you start to wake up to this own inner life. The second thing that starts to happen is you realize that everybody else is operating under that. So now you have a level of independence from everybody else that you never had before. Now you have a level of compassion and it's not a judgment seat that you sit in because you realize they're no different from you. So it's not like you're awake and everybody's asleep. You just recognize this is the condition of humanity. And this is the way all of the human race has been conformed to the pattern of this world. And so you start to wake up to the pattern of this world and how it's controlling everyone. And then you start to go into a whole other level, which is how the heck do I deal with that? And how do I navigate through life circumstances and relationships and everything else as a powerful person? And how do I minister and respond to others in their unawareness? And how do I love them through their waking up process? So there's multi-layers on this thing. There's, mu there's multiple phases on waking up. And sometimes they can't in the current situation. So you know what God does? He changes environments. He, he does all kinds of things. Um, because he's in the perfection process. He's a perfection, you know, he, he sends you off to Africa for five months, right? He, he does all kinds of things because you're, you, you know, I mean, he's he knows he's an expert at bringing you into truth. He's an expert at awaking you, right? He's an expert at what, knowing exactly what you need in that moment. And he loves us and is so patient with us in the process. You know, I have the strangest thoughts sometimes. I think, what kind of God 
sees what I've just described, because recognize this is how he relates to us. He has to navigate through all of our limiting beliefs. He has to navigate through our unrenewed minds to communicate with us. And he has, he knows us even enough to know if I say it this way or do it this way, they'll interpret it this way. You know, I mean, he, he literally has, I mean, this is a challenge, I would think, for him to be able to lead, a, lead people that are so controlled. But I tell you, he's a genius, isn't he? All right, well, I hope you got some of what I said today. Uh, but I also am praying for whatever it is that you're going through at this moment. I'm just, I continue to pray this over you. Just awaken. Just wakey, wakey. Just awaken. Just awaken. Just awaken. You know, I want to say one more thing. I heard somebody recently say, they kind of said, you know, well, you know, I don't really want to be navel-gazing all the time. And, you know, if there's a piece of lint in your belly button, you need to get it out. <laughs> like, I'm not saying you should be navel-gazing all the time, but maybe you should gaze, you know, if, just in case. Right? But the person that said that didn't understand. It's not about being self-focused. It's about being self-free. But having an awareness of the areas that you're not is the only way to get free. You know? And the thing about the word of faith, thing, the, here's the thing about the way the mind is, is, is programmed. You can always cause whatever's going on in you to go back under. You can cause that. You can, you can speak to it. You can do different things. And it will, it will go. But it's not gone. And I just, for one, know I want to be free. And I've had enough freedom to know the difference between something going into hiding versus it having nowhere to go. And so I just want to really encourage you, you get to step up out of the circumstance to kind of give you a visual of that. Literally, I mean, visualize yourself in the circumstance and then visualize yourself literally like coming up and looking at it from a higher perspective. And look at yourself. Look at the situation. Just, just look at it. Just make yourself come out of that perspective, out of that perception. I get, because here's what we do. We're, this, we're in it. Well, we need to get above it and begin to observe it and begin to ask things like I said. If, if, if Jesus was observing this right now, what would he do? Right? If, because you're a son. And then when you've got, okay, hey, this is what Jesus would do. Well, then go ahead and get back in it. And then do it. Do what Jesus would do.
Pastor, I don't even know. How much of, are we in critical mode this week? I mean, who's, who's in critical mode right now? Who is this all for? Raise your hand if there's like critical things going on in your life right now. Just, I mean, if it's for six or seven, like, right, no, I mean, like, really, there's just critical things going on. Because, I mean, I don't know why I'm feeling so crisis today. Like, I mean, I'm just feeling crisis in the, in the atmosphere today. There's just crisis mode. And God just wants to remind you, not only is it not, a, it's just not just like, first of all, the fact that it's a crisis, really, is, not, is, is a lie to a degree, but you were made for crisis. You were made for perceived crisis. How about that? You were made for the perceived crisis. And, you know, let me say this. When I've been in my worst crises, like they're going to put locks on the door and we're never going to get back in the church building because we haven't paid the bill. Or um, they're going to, you know, repossess something if I don't pay this or whatever, you know I mean? Or like your back's against the wall. You're like Marsha. If she didn't get blood, she's going to die. I mean, you know, you're in that place. I'm going to die. I'm going to die if this happens. Well, you know what I would do? I would just extrapolate that out a bit. And I would go ahead and think of worst-case scenario. And I'd be like, worst-case scenario. Okay, let's just go there. Worst case. Right? And you just extrapolate it. Because worst case, if that's what's really driving your fear, worst case, I mean, really, the worst case, I mean, is it really the worst? I mean, like I said, if if you die... You're going to be with Jesus. So that's not the worst case. All right? What, are you going to, you're going to not be able to eat a meal or two? That's probably not worst case. Whatever. You're going to be homeless? You're going to, um, like, what's actually going to happen? What's going to happen? What's worst case? Can you survive worst case? Are you going to live through worst case? Is, is God, you know, I mean, like, just, I would go there. I would take it all the way out to worst case. Because I realized that worst case was causing fear. And I was afraid of worst case, whether subconsciously or consciously, I was afraid of, and it was driving me. I couldn't even think straight. Because worst case was controlling my mind. Like what? You, 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 you what? You, you file bankruptcy? You, what? You, what? You get divorced? You, I mean, what? I don't know what it is. You, you never have a child again? You, what is the worst? And then, then, okay. And in that place, what's possible? In worst case, what's possible for God? What's possible for God? Everything's possible in worst case. I mean, do you know how many bankrupt people are now billionaires? Do you know how many? I mean, you know, I mean, you can look. Worst case, most of the time you can look for worst case in the Bible. You can go find somebody else that had worst case. And see how it became best case. I mean, I th- people in the world do this even. You know, I mean, somebody loses their child in a, in a drunk car accident. And then they form Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I mean, again, that, you know, yes, it's tragic. It's horrible. But if all of our hopes and dreams are in this life, if we have put all of our eggs in this time limit of space in a fallen world, if this is where, what, where all of our happiness lies, how shallow are we? Shallow. That is so shallow. I mean, watch some war movies if you're feeling bad. 
I mean, I can't watch this stuff. I mean, what the, what's been sacrificed? The things that people have gone through, and I'm, what? My worst case is what? But you've got to play these games with yourself. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to own your mindset. You've got to own it and be like, okay. Because I'll say, this right here is really what governs your future. You can have the greatest call, you can have the greatest gifts, you can have the greatest talents, you can have the most money, the most whatever, and still not enjoy life, not live life, not live it fully alive, not be fulfilled because of what's in here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you of course, and you can always take authority over that thought. And sometimes the thought's just from the straight up from the, the pit of hell. But if it's from the pit of hell, usually it's not going to affect you. If it's the devil speaking that thing to you and it's not in you at all, you'll it'll be so out of the left field, you'll just be like, Well, that's random. Like the devil said the stupidest thing just then. Really? However, if there's something in you and there's a response to that thought, and that thought, and let me tell you, your emotions are the indicator of what you believe. Whether that's anger, whether that's, you know, crying, whatever. So when that, if there's emotion attached to that, you got to know there's something in me that when, the, when that came, it hit. And so that's when I stop and say, wow. But here's the deal. You, get, you really do get to a place where even that process, even though it's painful, even though it doesn't feel good, you know, for me, I know I'm about 15 minutes away from being set free from that. Because I know I can get Nate. I know I can get Catherine. I know pretty soon I'm going to be able to get Galen and Deb or Tracy, whoever's been released. I'm telling you, it's lightning fast. And, you know, I can sit here and talk about this all day. I, I can just tell you about it and tell you about it. But I'm just going to keep doing it because the freedom that I experience and the limitlessness that has come on me is so amazing and so freeing. I mean, I can't wait for about two more years. I can't wait for about a year from now. I can't wait to see what God does because I'll have fruit around me that you can eat. So it's not just me saying it. But there's a big amount, big old fat fruit that you can look at and be like, wow. Because here's the deal. It's not just for me. This is so not, this is, this is for all of us. And I'm thankful that for this. I'm just thankful. So, and I know, and I've said this before, and I'll wrap up. I know that what, what we're doing right now is worth billions of dollars in the kingdom. I don't think Nate had a clue really what he was sitting on. And the billions that he's sitting on, by the way, are the hidden wealth in all of you. It's literally the transfiguration of the saints, of, for them being free enough. Because the only thing standing between you and the fulfillment of your destiny is your personal freedom. And you being able 
to handle that emotionally, mentally, and freely. And I'll say this, if you can do those things, you can do those things. And if you don't, and here's what happens when we don't do that. We end up, you can accomplish great things, but are you free? And we, we can look around at so many different examples of people who didn't have the character or the emotional stability or maturity or wisdom to handle where their gift took them. So, Father, I thank you for what you're teaching us. I thank you for what you've given us to steward. I thank you for those that are called to be a part of this body, a part of be a part of it. Um, I just release a blessing on those that are finishing up their certification right now, God, and I just declare, Father, that that's finished. I thank you for those that are called, Father, to, to do that in the future. I just release a knowing in their heart that they are, that's what they're called to do. I, I just release a freedom over those that are called to participate in that, Father, that whatever's hindering them from doing that, whether that's finances or whatever, opinions, I just declare, God, that they're free to pursue their own personal wholeness in, in a supernatural way. And, God, I also just thank you that... Um, Sonship is being revealed in your people, God. I, I, I thank you that orphan mindsets are being exposed and eradicated and being replaced with the mind of Christ. And we just thank you for it. Yeah, in Jesus' name. So I know we ran a little bit over. I just couldn't shut up. It was my bad. Yeah. So I, I, it's my bad. I'll take responsibility for it. But I, I really want you to get it. I mean, I want you to get it so badly. If I've ever sold anything in my life, I want to sell this to you. Not for me. For you. I want you to experience what I've experienced. It is priceless. And I just want it so badly for everyone in here. I want to see what you're carrying released. I want to see your destiny manifested. I want to see the wealth hit your bank accounts. I want to see these things released in your life. I really, really, really can't tell you what that is to me. So, Amen? Amen. Love you. Believe the best this week, amen? Of every person, believe the best.